3: Hello and welcome to Vintage Rock Pod Side 2, the weekly classic rock magazine style podcast that comes out every Friday. I'm Paul Stevenson, thanks as always for hitting play. Now, following the feedback from last week's Side 2 episode with my interview with Andy Leake, I've gone back through my archives again for another one of my favourite guests. Now, this one is Nick Van Eed. He's the frontman and guitarist with the band The Cutting Crew, best known, of course, for their worldwide smash hit single I Just Died In Your Arms Tonight from the 80s. Now, his story is a fun one, though, which involves touring behind the Iron Curtain with Slade, being championed by Chaz Chandler of The Animals, being Richard Branson's first success with Virgin Records in America, Okay. Huh? Some of Richard Branson's parties too. How he wrote the big hit and the excesses of the 80s too, and there's some kazoo chat as well. Just because he's a top man, and it's a really fun interview as well. But before we get into that, though, a quick shout to say if you've not had a chance to listen to the remarkable episode that I released a few days ago with an interview with the brilliant Steve Lukather from Toto, then definitely do so. It's such an incredible career that he's had, with stories of Toto, of course, and all their big hits and the big albums, and about the litigation as well. They've got through recently, but about how he worked on every track on Thriller he's worked with three of the Beatles, he's jammed with Bob Dylan and Jeff Lynne and recorded for Lionel Richie, honestly it's a brilliant interview, so please do go and check it out he's such a humble, down to earth warm guy as well, which makes it even better. I managed to get a little uh, viral video out of it too for any football fans, or or soccer for our our North American listeners Uh, the European Championships are currently taking place, and the uh, little thing at the moment is top players are removing bottles from in front of them they're advertising coke and all that sort of stuff now one of them was a bottle of Heineken which was moved by Paul Pogba of France now it happened to be the same bottle that Steve Lukather proceeded to pull out during my interview with him so my producer Craig made a nice little video clip and it's been doing the rounds it's very funny if you want to see it and you haven't done so far check it out on Facebook just search for Vintage Rock Pod and you can see it on there anyway all that aside, let's hear now this great archive chat with British singer-songwriter and guitarist Nick Van Eed from Cutting Crew.
0: Nick
4: Van Eed, Hi, Nick. Hello, Paul. That's when they used to be able to write songs, wasn't it? Back in the 80s, eh? Oh, you can't beat it. You can't
0: beat it. Uh, best known for being the lead singer of Cutting Crew, of course.
4: I certainly was, yes. along with other um, accusations over the years, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we might delve into that a little bit later on, but before that, we'll go back to the beginning, before you were in the bands, and yeah, you were a solo artist before all that, weren't you?
4: Way back in time, yeah. I was uh, used to play acoustic guitar and uh, sit on a stool in you know dodgy pubs around the <laughs> south of England, and... Um, well, I suppose my big break was playing in a hospital. I used to work in a hospital as an operating theatre porter. Oh, right, okay. And um, uh, Chas Chandler, who was then managing Slade, and, you know, did manage Jimi Hendrix and... Uh, all kinds of people, uh, you know, from the animals. He was the animals based guitarist. He walked in for a pint. I think he was meeting his kid who was having an operation, and I was playing in that pub, and he came over to me and so, sort of threw his business card on my amplifier and said, give me a call on Monday morning. <laughs> and that's my best Geordie accent. He was good, was good. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I didn't even know who he was well, until I read the card. And I swear to God, within two weeks, I'd signed publishing management and record deals. And I was in Poland My word. playing with Slade with the same acoustic guitar supporting the loudest band in the world.
0: My word. And how old were we at that point?
4: That was about 20, yeah.
0: About 20, and you were touring Poland with Slade.
4: <laughs> it was bizarre, and this is pre-Lech Valencia and, and, you know, the, the big uh, Union uprising over there, so it really was the days of, we used to have a man on the tour bus with us who, who was obviously, you know, a, a communist mm. person that would just keep an eye on us, and, uh, and then he'd come and t- meet people in hotel lobbies with, with dodgy sort of um, ho- newspapers and things. It really was the old days. And for a young guy from, you know, the middle of Sussex who'd, who'd really just played 30 people in pubs, it was an amazing chance. And I, and I took it, yeah, I loved it, loved every minute of it.
0: I was just reading there, you were saying you, you, a guy on a stool with an acoustic guitar. What, what's this about a kazoo? Did you to play the kazoo as well?
4: Did you have to mention that?
0: <laughs> Sorry, yes. Did
4: you, you know, I mean, I, I try to keep some things secret. Yeah, um, yeah. well, of course, you know, you've got both your hands with the acoustic guitar and singing and, and I couldn't be bothered to learn the harmonica I didn't want to be too whiny and Bob dylan so I played the kazoo but I soon ditched it after the Slade tour may I tell you, I came back to England um, they said, well, you know, do you want to do the British tour with us? and I was going down so well in Poland you know, I thought, mm. oh this is what it's all about then great, this is pop star yeah. you know, roses thrown onto the stage <laughs> I went back and I walked on stage in Hull on the first night to Slade British audience who were like, as you may remember, all bother Boys mm. and uh, Skinheads. And I got a bottle right in the head uh, in the first song. And and I swear to God, I stuck it out. And by the end of that tour, I was getting encores. But I changed my set and dumped the kazoo.
0: <laughs> Best thing you ever did. <laughs> exactly. Did you tour with anybody else? Oh, you mentioned Slade there. Is there anybody else you managed to tour with?
4: Well, yeah, Chaz was very big in the business, so he mm. could get me on onto on tours, and I was obviously cheap and easy, because you <laughs> pardon the expression, um, because I had uh, you know just acoustic guitar. So I did Hot Chocolate, David Essex, uh, Alan Price, remember him from oh, The Animals? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was you know it was it was pretty weird stuff. Um, uh, you know, I'd walk on stage in front of you know sometimes two, three thousand people, Never, nobody knew who I was, and um, probably didn't care to. But I think I cut my cut my teeth then you know i learned my mistakes and i think i've certainly got a lot of the a lot of the attitude out of me by the time i was 22 you know
0: good stuff so as a solo artist with a guitar on your knee who are your inspirations
4: um i grew up with <clears throat> t-rex um t-rex gosh who else I'm trying to think because we're going back now to when i was 20 so um my dad was a dj he was like one of these traveling guys you oh, know yeah. with the, every friday saturday night there'll be You know, I'd be helping him hump the PA speakers, and often go along and play double gigs with him. So there was always music in the house, and so it was really that you know 70s pop music. Um, uh, I'm waffling a bit here now, but you know, (laughs) the the T Rex anyway were my were my all-time faves when I was a young lad.
0: Moving on then, we're going to talk about the Cutting Crew. Uh, Cutting Crew, obviously a big band, huge band, and um, which I was surprised with when I read back, it was um, signed up by Virgin. He became the first real success that Virgin Records had out in America, didn't they?
4: We did. Um, Branson is no fool. I mean, the song had already been a hit in Europe in you know many many countries, but he was uh, launching his new label over there, and he kind of cherry picked bands that um, had you know just had success. So there was us, there was To and there was Johnny Hates Jazz, sort of three in a row. But we were, yeah, we were his first number one, and we're very proud to do that. And I still see Richard quite a bit, and. He um, still remembers that fact, even though I do remember one uh, prize award-winning evening when he had to give an award to us and he... He called us crowded house. Which I thought was, <laughs> <That> was nice. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Did he take
0: you up in his balloon any time? No.
4: <laughs> um, I've been to his. his um, you know, everybody's heard of these um, myth- mythical parties where mm. he invites everybody from his airline, from his record company, from his records. You know, everybody goes to his estate in Oxford, get free drink and booze all day, and yeah, it, it was were there. There were the balloons. So. Um, now, I didn't go up in one, but I stood there um, having photographs taken next to it. But that is quite the party. That is quite. I can the party. imagine.
0: I can imagine. Well, going back to the days again with uh, the cutting crew, and they flew you out to New York, and uh, you did your recording over there. How was that? That must have been fantastic.
4: It was amazing. This is '80s New York, remember? So mm. it's pretty scary back then. This is when we were at the, you know, the peak of of it being quite a nasty city. Obviously, it isn't now. So for young, you know, whippersnappers from Sussex, it was. It was um, uh, quite scary. We we stayed in a loft in Tribeca, which is down near Greenwich Village, and uh, we'd you know catch the up train every day up to the further up in Manhattan to record the album. Um, amazing, a wonderful experience, and you know to to come away with it with three big hit records um, was you know astonishing for a band. Obviously, of course, for me, everybody says it's overnight success, but by that stage I was twenty. 27 i suppose yeah
0: and you ditched the kazoo so yeah the
4: kazoo had gone yeah, yeah. i've long <laughs> forgotten about slade um but uh, no you know it's just i'm saying even though that was our first hit me and especially kevin my counterpart guitarist mm. from canada he he um he was older than me you know so we we had done our we had done our time in the business
0: you'd done your journeyman bit <laughs> yes. and then you were I'm just going to say you were moving on to uh, Australia for your videos I mean again as a well still mid-twenties sort of thing that must have been fantastic back in the 80s to be flown yeah. out to Australia
4: it was and I think for, for younger vi- listeners um, you have to realise that back in the 80s the Thatcher years, you know, it was money, money, money. Everything was money. There was so much money sloshing about, and this kind of belief that money made things good. Mm. And and that in the music business was an almost obscene level, whereby we were sent a, um, a tape to look at video directors, and we chose this guy Alex Proyas. And it turned out he was Australian, so we went, okay, fine. Well, we're a five-piece band. Get him over here. No, 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 no. Virgin flew us to Australia i um, not complaining at all, but you realize why some of the bands back then never earned a penny in record royalties, because everything was spent on huge budgets, you know, going away to country estates and recording an album for a year, you know. So it was a pretty bloated industry back then. And uh, as I say, for younger people, you know, you live in a much healthier music business now because, you know, of the Internet and because of, um, you know, I youtube and everything you can do it cheaper you can do it quicker it's much more immediate which frankly suits me
0: sounds good so we've skirted around the issue slightly but the big single we've got to talk about that basically haven't we, yeah, uh, we died in your arms i just why, why the brackets <laughs>
4: <laughs> do you know i don't think i've ever been asked that in 25 <laughs> years uh word of records um I don't know why, but I do know that it turned into a bit of luck with us because Between our uh, Rock and A Hard Place was a hit as well. Um, so maybe you know, maybe I have a bit of luck with it. No, I, I can't give you a good answer. Edit, edit. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, it just is. It I'm just is, say. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a great song, that's fair to say as well. Uh, where did the inspiration for the song come from?
4: Uh, one of those songs where uh came from nowhere, came quickly. uh woke up one morning with um, my girlfriend and said it and meant it. And wrote it within a day uh demoed it the next day in a day, and then you know the rest is history. i'm very, very proud of it. I must say, you know when you have a hit as big as that, um you know it's sold absolutely millions and it's it's just mm-hmm. never ever stopped playing um that when earlier on in your career you're kind of like, yeah well you know i I could have had other hits uh, and you get kind of precious about it, but now 25 years later it's still being a a real chestnut i'm i'm extremely proud and we you know still play it live and uh, it sounds even better these days
0: good stuff nominated for a grammy for that one as well
4: yes we were yeah it's a special thing and 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 for any young songwriters out there as well you know i can only ever say that the, the best ones normally come out very quickly and when you start to write a song and it starts coming out quickly and it might sound a little bit familiar or it might sound a little bit too poppy or a little bit just don't stop it let give birth to it because if you try to stop it in the middle you may spoil your biggest chance of your life
0: That's some great advice. It's a fantastic song, and it just sounds—it's it's almost timeless. That one, Nick, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it is. Um, it's got something about it, I guess. I think probably the you know the song itself and its rawest bones is pretty special. But the way we recorded it, we just captured that kind of tingly thing. You know, I was just thinking—thinking thinking of your listeners up there in in uh, Scotland. You know, it just—it always makes people go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the wonderful Nick Van Eed there. Now I actually met him a few years after that interview backstage at a festival as well and he's such a lovely fella. If you do like your rock star interviews though, remember to go back and listen to all the interviews from my back catalogue. There's some huge names on there we've had who've come on and told us some wonderful stories. Sometimes you might not know who the guest is or you're perhaps not a big fan of the band but they all have some incredible stories to tell so if you do like your rock and roll stories it's definitely worth checking it out and there's going to be some more big names to come in the next few weeks too so wherever you're listening to this make sure to subscribe or follow and spread the word as well tell someone even if it's just one more person about the podcast and we can spread the word i've had listeners now from 82 different countries worldwide so let's see if we can tick a few more off on that list right now it's the time of the show where we get to hear from our good friend music journalist and author tim peacock
0: and it's the time of the week where we get to find out all the latest and greatest in the world of classic rock news. And the only way to find out that sort of information is by speaking to our good friend, of course, Tim Peacock. How are you, Tim?
3: Hi, Paul.
1: I'm good, thanks. We're approaching the... Uh... Height of the summer, midsummer, aren't we? So, um, yeah, not doing too badly. Not doing too badly. Um, it's all, you know, all the news is all about the Euros at the moment, but there's interesting things going on in the rock world, <laughs> as we'll find out in a minute now.
0: <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So, what have you got lined up for us first, then,
1: Tim? First one this evening, um, probably big news of the week stateside, is that uh, Foreigner have announced, uh, well, they're coming back to play and they've announced an enormous tour. Um, they're doing a. I must say, to be honest, is quite impressive. They're doing a 121 date, which uh, takes it as a world tour effectively, takes them across 16 countries. Uh, but the first, the first part of it, the first leg of it, is in the uh, is in North America, and that's kicking off actually, literally this week. Um, starts on the 24th of June in Iowa, in a town, in a city called Ottumwa. I think. My apologies to. <laughs> American um listeners, uh, if I have that wrong, but it 's in what Iowa, Iowa anyway it 's a venue called the Bridgeview Center in what I think is called atummner it's a city i 'm not familiar with, and that's thursday the twenty fourth and they're they 're actually visiting forty two states so it is literally um, you know, right across the US and um, they're playing 71 71 cities altogether and it, it runs all the way through to the, the final date is in Florida is in Pensacola in Florida on November the 20th. So yeah, go out and catch foreigner if you want to see them, they'll be doing all of the hits and everything. so looks like a good one. Yeah.
0: absolutely good stuff and we had um, Foreigner bass player Jeff Pilsen on the show just a couple of weeks ago and he was Absol- talking about the new music as well so that's interesting. Absolutely
1: yeah so there's obviously a lot going on there Paul so um, there's um, Mick Jones the guitarist of course the founder member he says live music is, is at the heart of what we do and I'm thrilled to be back on the road and uh, visiting so many places over the next year so looking forward to seeing you all out there and uh, Kelly Hansen, the, who's now the singer with Foreigner set also adds I'm so." of looking forward to getting our feedback on stage and the crowd in front of us. I've read and heard so much about how people want to get out back to live music. We can't wait to rock it out. So this is a good time to go and see Foreigner. They're going to be playing all of the hits, and you know it's going to be an extensive show. Uh, apparently, actually, I just found out that... Um, Uh, audio and video streams of the group's hits, Um, actually they make over 15 million per week. So obviously, you know, Foreigner, they have a Mm -hmm. pretty wide uh, fan base going down there. I mean, um, you know, obviously you think of Foreigner, you tend to think, I want to know what love is, cold as ice, waiting for a girl like you. But I mean, obviously the kind of band who've, you know, been around, they've got a substantial catalogue and uh, they're, they're all playing large shows. So yeah, next year, obviously they're going to be venturing out around the world. Covid, uh, you know, Covid. Um, hopefully, as long as the, the threat is dying away, we hope. But anyway, yes, it's starting with the North American leg. So that's that's the first bit of big classic rock news for tonight. Moving on, uh, second one tonight is I always like to provide interesting things for vintage rock pod fans to possibly go out and order after they've been listening to the news. So tonight's one's another Kiss-related story, actually. Um, Kiss, of course, in the, in the early 70s, they had a classic song called Cold Gin, uh, one of their early albums. Um, well, they've now actually launched um, a Kiss, an official Kiss-branded gin, which is also called cold gin effectively it would be wouldn't it (laughs) (laughs) um they actually last year they actually launched um a a rum actually so obviously they're quite serious about this now they've taken another step into the lucrative booze market and from today cold gin by kiss is actually pre you can pre-order it from today Um it says uh the press statement tells us cold gin is bold and uncompromising and it's inspired by the band's roots in New York City. Um these factors conspire to create, quote, a taste explosion that's always cranked up to eleven. So it certainly (laughs) sounds if you're into it if you're a fan of gin, um it could be a good one. Um it's available through um sorry I'd say it's been made in conjunction with Swedish company called Brands for Fans who um, vintage rock pod fans may remember they were also responsible for kiss's previous rum exploits as well as motorhead's iron fist whiskey as well um so apparently the the design on the cold gin bottle will feature the four members of kiss on display next to new york's manhattan bridge um and the main label features a gold disc in various uh, new york city and manhattan landmarks on it so um in terms of what it tastes like, now I'm not an expert on gin, I'm, gin, I'm more of a whiskey man myself, <laughs> but if this is your poison, it promises, um, apparently it promises uh, clear tones of juniper, a generous aroma and classic gin character. A well-balanced palate featuring juniper, citrus and herbs, lemon and angelica root. apparently. So it sounds pretty, um, you know, well, pretty... Uh, Well, that's good enough to know. Well, all you have to do, Paul, is go to brandsforfans.com and get all the information on the pricing. I'm not sure when they're going to start shipping these out, but pre-order does start today. So if you want to, um, you know, enjoy the, um, you know, one of the KISS uh, shows that's out there. Get a bottle of gin and enjoy some kiss. So uh, it does seem to be the fashion,
0: doesn't it, at the moment? Obviously, we know all about their maiden and their beers and things like that. I think Mm. Bob Dylan was it bourbon, scotch, or something, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's right. Lots of different things that men are doing with this. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. And I mean, it was even Pearl Jam. I think they they even came up with them. I think it was a a range of wines, you know, from like Sonoma (laughs) Valley or whatever it was. So Napa Valley, whatever. So you know, yeah, absolutely. It seems to be the area that a a lot of certainly classic rock bands seem to be getting into but there again you know the right drink with the right music i mean it's a classic combination yeah. isn't it i really i guess
0: Absolutely.
1: so anyway if if you fancy a gnt kiss of the band to go with it, it would seem so that's the, <laughs> that's what's happening with them so uh which takes us to our final story this evening which it really must be said in terms of collaborations this is one of the certainly one of the oddest ones i've i've seen for some time okay. certainly quite quite fascinating uh now you wouldn't imagine that when we think of uh, Selfridges, the you know the famous London department store. Yeah. You yeah, wouldn't possibly. immediately think you wouldn't immediately think that the band that they would go into collaboration with would be the Grateful Dead, but they actually have. Would you believe it or not? Yeah. Between them, the Grateful Dead and Selfridges have launched a new range of merchandise, which is just going out now. Apparently, they, they, for, I don't really know where this has come from. To be honest, it, it take the collection has taken inspiration from the Dead's tenth studio album, Shakedown Street. Um, which, and it didn't even chart in the UK. So, I mean, obviously the dead are a huge, huge, like, you know, cult um, industry in themselves. But um, anyway, apparently it says, this is the interesting thing, the recent rise in the popularity of gardening amongst consumers, we're told <laughs> apparently the Shakedown Garden Collection gives the classic <laughs> Grateful Dead aesthetic, tie-dye, skulls, bears and roses and, and a botanical spin. So, um Yeah, there's a press release which says drawing upon designs from Grateful Dead's classic imagery archive and communicating the importance of sustainability to the band, the 16-piece range features apparel that uses organic blanks and vegan ink for any print work. So it's a very (laughs) eco-friendly thing. Debuting new artwork and exclusive designs for both dedicated deadheads and those after their latest fashion fix. I was going to say for dedicated deadheads and those who want to do some deadheading in the garden it would seem, (laughs) uh, which is what I was doing at the weekend, uh, but I wasn't wearing any Grateful Dead apparel, unfortunately. Yeah, but um, yeah, apparently, you know, you say yourself it really is a strange collaboration, but apparently their archivist, it was a guy called David Lemieux, says, the Grateful Dead played England more than 20 times with 20 shows in London alone, along with a few other shows around the UK uh, during their performing career. Um uh, more than 50 years ago, in May 1970, they played in Newcastle under Lyme, apparently, which is an unusual place to start your UK oh. tour. And over the next 20 years, they played some of their best live performances. I mean, I remember that they did play when I was writing for Sounds. They, they, they did several nights at Wembley Arena. So this is cusp of the 90s. So yeah, obviously they have a big, a big following. But I can't help wondering. It's a bit. This probably sounds a little bit cynical, but it's a bit like the way, you know, you've got Ramones apparel. And I think a lot of you, young, yeah. no disrespect to anybody, but a lot of kids who bought those wouldn't really even know the history of the band. It's kind of mm-hmm. become the band or the brand. And so I don't know. This yeah. seems an unusual idea. But um, anyway, I checked some of these out, Paul, before, you know, before I came on. And it, the T-shirts, they would say the one thing about them, they're a little bit prohibitive price-wise. The T-shirts <laughs> go for around 40 there's nothing much... Yeah, it is a little bit ouch, all right. And the hoodies go for about 60. But, of course, obviously, there's, like, the sort of eco-friendly aspect to this. But anyway, if you go on to just selfridges.com, you can check out all of the merchandise. There's quite a lot of different designs. A lot of them are sort of classic tie-dye type things. So yeah. it's sort of classic retro kind of collection. Um, so I don't know. It could... It might be the... You know, it might be actually be the fashion story of the year. This. So I really don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that's it. The Grateful Dead the Grateful Dead have teamed up with Selfridges and it's official so go check that out if go. that's your thing
0: and just a shout you mentioned Shakedown Street I love that song as well it's so funky it's such a funky mm. track of mm. this, so yeah if yeah. you've not heard it before go and check yes, that it out is.
1: as well <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's, the way, that's the way to do it
3: excellent brilliant
0: Tim thank you very <laughs> okay. much as always for the wonderful stories that you bring us
3: you're very welcome Paul thanks very much indeed brilliant stuff from Tim, as always. Now, if you haven't yet, please go to uh, Vintage Rock Pod and give us a like or a follow on all the social medias. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. As I said, just search for Vintage Rock Pod and you can interact with us on there. Plus, you can join the growing list of VRP VIPs. Head to my website, VintageRockPod.com and you can sign up for free. It's always free. Just use the form on the front page and you'll get one newsletter a week, no more than that. And I promise I won't be selling your details to anybody at all. don't you worry about that at all and that's pretty much it for this week's vintage rock pod side two then another side two episode is going to be released next friday with another wide range of guests while the main show comes out each monday of course with a big name interview and i'll tell you what i've got a rock and roll hall of famer who played at woodstock coming on this monday's episode it's well worth listening to until that one then if you come across anyone who isn't a fan of rock music just tell them my music is better than yours take care